Hello everybody and welcome to episode 76 of Operation Retroshock. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and once again, back alongside me is... I feel like I'm a little freaking companion in this. You know, just along for the ride. Well, you know, you fall asleep most of the time, so... I do not fall asleep. That is highly, highly... I'm Chris, stop snoring. <laughs> I don't snore. Unlike some... Little, I would beg little, to disagree. Little small people. Yes, little small people. <laughs> With darky Auburny yep. hair. Yep. Names will not be disclosed. Nope. Haley. Yes. <coughs> Sorry, I've had a bug in my throat. Do you? Yes. Oh dear. Um, Should you get some stewards for that? I mean, strapsles. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 76 of Operation Retro Shock. It is the ninth episode of our. Uh, 11 episodes dedicated to the 11 men who have portrayed the Doctor. And of course, number 9 means it is the day of Christopher Eccleston, the man who has never returned to the role or shown any real interest to return. Did you see the picture on Twitter that somebody put up and said Doctor Who fans will love this and is Eccleston beside uh, Noel Clark? Mm, I don't know if I... Don't know if I um, saved it or not. Show me it after. It's not remember, I looked at it's it and then just went, "Oh, right, it's not okay. that big of a deal for now, anyway." But um, it was my choice as to what episode that. At least we're now out of that area where we're discussing. When, you know, we get the mix up between stories and episodes. Yeah, you know, I tend to refer to the stories as episodes um, because we're so used to modern Doctor Who being an episode or two episodes for a story. But the episode that I have decided to choose, Chris has got the privilege of picking David Tennant's episode, um, I decided to pick the episode aptly titled just Dalek. What's that one about? The Cybermen. Is it? Yes. I thought that was to do with the Slovene. No. Unfortunately not. Is it not? Alright, okay. It's a very misleading title, this. It is, isn't it? It is. But uh, this is obviously, of course, the first series of New Who, The Return of Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston. I thought it was a very apt um, episode to discuss today, simply because it is the not only the first series of New Who having come back, but it is the return and first appearance of the Daleks in New Who. But uh, I'll kind of set the scene, shall I? We do that. Shall I shed the you get your paintbrush and you paint I them a picture. Went, I nearly went, shall I shed the sheen? You shed the sheen, yes. shed the sheen, yes. yes. Um, but, and I was saying, I said this to Chris just before we started recording, and it's quite scary looking back at this now. This episode aired on the 30th of April, 2005. And... The episode starts that the Doctor and Rose land in the TARDIS in this massive underground bunker near Salt Lake City in Utah. But what year is it? The year in question that they have landed in, bearing in mind that this was 2005 that this show started Hmm. back, they landed in the year 2012. What year is it now, Chris? 2013. It's extremely weird now looking back at this. And this, you know, if you think about it, when this episode first aired, that was seven years in the future. Like, that seemed, you know, a distance away. And now we're sitting here, 2013, discussing it. And technically, this episode is now based in the past to us. But as it always seems with the Doctor and the TARDIS, even now in New Who... The TARDIS is attracted to distress signals and various different things that it feels the Doctor should go to. Yes, where he gets 
messages on his psychic paper. Exactly. It actually says in the book here that Ed Robert uh, Shearman's Dalek, the ultimately moving confrontation between the last surviving Dalek and the last surviving Time Lord, revealed more about the apocalyptic time war that seemingly destroyed both races. Exactly, but we see here at the start of the episode and there's a little treat for older Doctor Who fans who um, obviously Chris mainly came into New Who with David Tennant whereas I came in with Christopher Atkinson and at this stage you know we wouldn't neither of us would have really known a great deal about older Who nope um, so the little reference that happens at the start of this episode would have went flying straight over our heads um, now I remember watching this episode and I think my dad was hanging about at the time and I remember him saying specifically oh yeah I remember them and I was like well, what do you mean You know, like once again my father who hates the Cybermen uh, almost ran for the hills um, we see that in this bunker it's almost like a museum of sorts of collections of items and we see that there is an old style uh, Cyberman helmet in a display but uh, eventually we find out that this place is being run by Jeremy Van Staten which I think is a fantastic name. Yes. It is a very, very interesting name. Um, he meets up with the Doctor, things progress, and he eventually, you know, with use of psychic paper and stuff, gets his way in, and um, Stanton says he wants to show the Doctor something. Mm-hmm. And, of course, so we progress throughout his base, and he says he has a thing called a Metaltron, and what does the Metaltron turn out to be? Surprise, surprise, it's the same as the title. It turns out to be a Dalek, and the Doctor is completely taken aback. He doesn't. His emotions are completely up the left. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He swings from shock to complete and utter anger, we see. Yeah. Because this is something that we haven't overly been used to with the Doctor, because we don't know a great deal about um, you know, as Chris mentioned with the wee reading out there about Atkinson in this episode, we don't really know about the time war at this stage. But effectively, this shows us at this moment in time, to our knowledge, that this is the last remaining Dalek in the universe facing the last remaining Time Lord. And it in shows existence. us something that the Doctor fears. Mm-hmm. You know, like so, it shows you that he wants to get out of the, the room. The Doctor isn't human, but the Doctor has human. Um, Mannerisms. Mannerisms, thank you. Um, like, you know, being feared and, you know, like, says that, you know, like, they need to get rid of it. You know, mm-hmm. like, Rose, don't go near it, don't touch it, don't talk to it. I think it's brilliant in that he starts off, once the lights come on, he is completely fearful. He's mm-hmm. like, I want out of this room, get me out, get me out. Yeah. And then he realises that it's chained up and completely weak, and he just completely flips his personality. Yes. He becomes arrogant and basically... A man that you can tell has been through so much and hates the Daleks to his core. Mm-hmm. And you, <laughs> it is such a transformation of and fantastic acting by Eccleston, in my opinion. It really, really is a good portrayal. But um, we progress on and it eventually ends up that um, not only does the Dalek have an eventual agenda but Van Staten realises that the Doctor's kind of something else he's not what he appears mm-hmm. so Van Staten being who he is he's like oh well I'm just going to collect you as well so not only is the Dalek 
chained up but then the doctor gets taken as well and ends up getting uh, tortured by uh, Van Staten getting medical scans and trying to learn more about his you know his genetic build basically <clears throat> but this leads on and Rose still being relatively new to travelling throughout the universe hand movements yes just you giggle away um, she becomes very sympathetic to the dog because she doesn't know the backstory. she doesn't yeah. know that these are machines that would kill you before you'd even be able to ask a question mm. you know she goes up to it and it's like you know are you okay and it's you know and it's and it's acting really sad and really down it's like you know that Dalek voice but it's like you know just so sad and sounds so powerless and then of course this eventually leads to her placing her hand on it and it absorbs like her DNA and isn't it something to do with having travelled in the TARDIS or something yes, like that? Yeah. This repowers effectively, it restores the Dalek to its former powers. You see it going from what looks like this kind of scrap heap to what is it they describe as like they referred the modern ones to like bronze warriors effectively. It's like this big bronze yeah. style Dalek. It's a beautiful uh beautiful design, the uh Russell D. Davies uh Daleks. But this eventually leads to the Daleks at full power and it's able to now roam about and do as it pleases, killing people left, right and centre. And uh, almost a wee bit like a heart back to our episode with Davison. Um, Davison warned them that you know your group of people will not be able to stop the Cybermen. Eggleston tries to explain, you know, that one Dalek could kill all of us and it wouldn't even blink and it'll go on to another town and it'll go there and it'll kill everybody there. Yep. Nothing can stop it. It's the perfect soldier. It is the perfect soldier. It will not stop. And of course this eventually leads to um, the Doctor having to rescue Rose because what has happened is Rose has been going around with, uh, what's the name of the guy? Adam is the name of the character the young fellow that has kind of been the assistant for Van Staten and they end up running down a corridor to try and get out before like the bulkhead closes to trap the Dalek and of course Rose gets trapped and again to kind of hark back to Robot there's kind of because she showed kindness to the Dalek the Dalek didn't outright kill her which is something completely we have never seen with Daleks yeah we haven't seen them in any compassion any emotion anything like that it's just if you're in my firing line, boom, you're dead. That's yeah, it. it's no questions asked. Whereas the doctor immediately thought Dark once doctor. that once that bulkhead had went down, that he'd effectively led Rose to her death on only like their you know what was it like their third or fourth adventure together. Can you imagine that had happened then. It would have been a big. It would have been a hell of an impact. I don't think they could have risked it that early in the show's return. So they couldn't because you were meant to be the person seeing through Rose's eyes. Yeah. You know, you were joining her on this journey. But of course, he thinks he's led to her being dead, and then you see over the cameras the Dalek basically with the plunger to her back, effectively, kind of like a robber would have the gun to a person's back in a situation, talking to the doctor through the screens. And eventually, this all leads to a big standoff between like all of Van Staten's soldiers and this single solitary Dalek. And isn't it the sprinklers or something goes off? If I remember right, the place is like it's like there's loads of water. I think the Dalek ends up like shooting the electricity or something like that, and it zaps everybody effectively. They all get killed. It's at been the same a time. while since I've actually sat down and watched um, this one. I just remember bits and pieces of it. So 
you could be you could be on the money there, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah, I think it's something to do that they go to the exchange for Rose's life and then he ends up basically zapping them all. But um it leads us on to the fact that after all this the Dalek, you know, having spent time with Rose becomes upset with what it has become. It's a Dalek actually showing some sort of emotion and it wants to it wants Rose to give him the order to self-destruct because the Dalek will not kill itself. Mm-hmm. He wants order to self-destruct and he wants the order to come with Rose. And this ends up that the Dalek ends up, we see the Dalek reveal itself, the shell comes away because it wants to feel the sunlight. Yes, that's right. And it feels the sunlight and then you know Rose is like, I think she just says like, go do it or something like that. It, you know, It wasn't very, you will destruct yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we see... The Dalek shows up and then kind of was it what's the Dalectanium balls or something? Is it the bubbles that are on the side of the Dalek go out? Yeah, and then create like this wee force field around it, and you just go, and it's just gone basically. But we ride out this episode after not only it's a completely emotional roller coaster in the aspect of you actually get to see completely different sides of the Daleks, but we saw that Van Staten was a very ruthless individual. He wanted every prize he wanted he didn't care he was going to take the doctor as a captive you know captive or anything but he always was ruthless with his staff as well and so he was like if you didn't please him he would be like oh wipe their brain and leave them somewhere beginning with S you know and then basically this is what happens to at the end of the episode his assistant ends up taking over from him and orders that Van Staten's mind be wiped and to drop him off on the side of a road somewhere and this leads to the Doctor and Rose heading back to the TARDIS and Adam, because obviously he has a wee little bit of feeling towards Rose decides to follow them back to the TARDIS and he tries to convince them um, that for him to uh, come with them and that eventually leads to another very interesting story involving him and shows why he's not very suitable to be a companion just like that just like that. And their little oven calendar opens up on his forehead. Yeah, the really funky, <coughs> weird thing on his ca- on his calendar, <laughs> on his calendar, on his head. But um, where would you rate this in the grand scheme of modern Doctor Who episodes, but also Eccleston? Um, it's not my favorite Eccleston one because my favorite Eccleston one is the Empty Child and the Doctor Dances, that two-parter Are one. You my mummy. No, I'm not. Luckily not. That. <laughs> I'm very disappointed go to your room um, but also with this here obviously we see Rose you know touch it and then the Dalek comes alive and then it's very much like in the party of the ways you know the tenant and then whenever Rose gets um, separated t- yeah Mickey accidentally touches something and then that activates as uh, the Dalek he, he, prison he activates the Dalek prison exactly yeah. the same way exactly the yeah. same way so you know like it's kind of you know the continuity is still there um, it's a good episode don't get me wrong and it's good to see the Daleks come back um, into this and even though you only have one they're so menacing but unfortunately now I don't think the Daleks are as menacing as they used to be due to their brightly coloured natures yes the, um, the uh, Stephen Moffat style Daleks you yes mean. the either Power Rangers or Teletubbies whatever way you want to sugarcoat it um, but um you know, it's a good episode, and but as I say, Eccleston's era, I haven't really watched that much because I think the tenant was just 
so good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I don't really visit Eccleston as much, much, but I really should dip in and start watching mm-hmm. bits of it because it's not one I can't, you know, obviously Rose's first adventure, you have that and you have the other ones that I've mentioned, but I wouldn't be able to name, you know, like a handful of them mm-hmm. um, to you. Um, so wouldn't so maybe it's something that I need to go back into mm-hmm. and um, no, because obviously you had the likes of this. After this, you had the likes of the long game, which was the one where they went and like was it satellite five? I think it was something like that, which was where he um, gets the upgrades to his head. And, and then stuff there's like the that. one that like the big brother house in the weakest link. Yeah, towards the end, the bad wolf stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, they are you know they are very very good episodes. And uh, obviously Eccleston's you know Doctor is where we first see Captain Jack for the first time, like you were saying, yes, an empty child. <laughs> indeed um, very nice t-shirt indeed um, very patriotic doing it for the country mm-hmm. but for me I do really like this episode simply because now having such a knowledge of the history of the show it is a fantastic use of the Daleks because you know, yes it shows you that Daleks aren't 100% soulless objects Yes, but it shows you how lethal a Dalek can be. You know, one single solitary Dalek mm-hmm. took out the vast majority of that base on its own. You know, I th- that's for me a big highlight of it. And again, it is seeing the kind of multiple personality at this moment in time of the Doctor because we have started to get those hints off the Time War. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we've talked about companions and everything. Um, we're not going to really compare against the McGann one because mm-hmm. it's it's a one-off. Yeah. So, in terms of going from Rose to Martha to Donna to Amy to Clara, well remembered. Where <laughs> does Rose rank? Rank in comparison to them? In that, this is hard because when Rose was originally around I loved having Rose in it because I think it was again that sort of thing because you felt connected to Rose in a way because especially for me because I watched it from Eccleston's beginning that what they were planning in that you were seeing the show through her eyes you were being like the new traveller that was part of it but see if I was to stack her up against all the different modern uh, companions now she'd probably be in the bottom two Mm mhm She'd probably be in the bottom two because, um, you know, I have like Amy's up towards the top of the list. Donna's up towards the top of the list. I like Martha. Clara has really, really impressed me as a companion. So they would all be above Rose, in my opinion. I think you're probably right there, to be honest. You know, like I think a lot of people would say that Rose would be their favourite companion mm-hmm. um, but for me Donna would be my favourite companion followed probably go Donna Amy Clara Martha Rose would be the way mine would Rose go would, Rose would be down towards the bottom but it's not that I don't have you know a wee bit of fondness for Rose simply because she was the first companion that the Doctor had when uh, knew who uh, returned but um There'll be plenty more room for discussion when we end up uh, talking about uh, Mr. Tennant and uh, Mr. Smith's time as the Doctor when it comes to that. But um, I think it would be fair to say if I asked you, out of the modern Doctors, that Eggleston would probably be your middle, I would suspect. 
or has Smith kind of in certain aspects Smith would be over Smith times? would be you see it's hard because I think the Eggleston stuff even though I haven't watched a great deal of it I think his stuff isn't as convoluted as Smith's stuff and that's you maybe know, down to Stephen Moffat more than yeah. Smith oh no, 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 don't get me wrong I think Smith Smith has grown on me as a doctor um, very much like I think uh, this will be this will be uh, a wee bit out there at the start but Smith would almost remind me of Tom Baker the fact that of, of how his like obviously he's trying to base his stuff on Triton, but if you look at his facial expressions, if you look at how he gets on, and you know like his bounciness around and everything like that, you know things like that. So with Eccleston, it was a kind of here's a story, right? We'll move on. Here's a story, right? We'll move on. Here's a story. Here's a story, which kind of comes back to that story, and it's the same with Tennant. You know, there's stuff that all goes in there, and then with Smith, it's kind of a case of here's a season but this is all a story um, so and then at the end of it you have to remember stuff that happened in the very first episode mm-hmm. so it's a kind of a case of like the impossible astronaut or whatever whenever he gets shot he goes to regenerate gets shot again and then you see him coming out of the cafe and goes like you know like he doesn't know he's died and you're like and then the whole river song melody pond thing which was just I watched it I said I don't understand what's going on now so that's one thing that kind of deters me from watching a lot of Smith stuff now fair enough I will watch it but it's kind of a case of you have to watch it with an open mind you know like I'm not going to sit there and start taking notes and everything the Smith stuff you have to watch as if you were a child in terms of you can't try and be overcritical because mm. if you start to look at it as an adult then you start to pick holes in not his performance but just the way some of the stories carry about but that's that's leave that yes, stuff for yes, another day yes. so would you say depends on the story for who you prefer yes in between Eccleston and I Smith? think Eccleston was the right man for the right job at the right time, at the right time yeah. for Doctor Who I think with him being in like Gone in 60 Seconds and him being because like, he was a big actor like Tennant stage. was you know like Tennant had obviously done stuff like Casanova with Which Russell, was a Russell Davies, Davies thing, because yeah. of that there that's why he went for him but it's a case of I thought that he did the right job at the right time and I think if he wasn't there it would have been interesting to see if somebody else had done that would Doctor Who still be where it's at now yes and you know like we're getting you know season mm. after season you know because like I would I would this is the thing I find if I look back at Eccleston's time as the Doctor even though it was so fleeting and short there's part of me would find it very very hard to decide who I would replace him with because you know it was such a roll of the dice yeah. in terms of the BBC deciding right we'll give it a shot see if Doctor Who can come back I do think it was a very very good choice for the BBC to or more so Russell T Davies to bring Eccleston in because it almost had that sort of step up from Davison and the fact that he is a known actor he was a known actor for many many other things like you're saying the Gone in 60 Seconds stuff and all before he took this Doctor Who uh, role it's funny because in Gone in 60 Seconds he, he was like a carpenter and then he met his end with wood and then he travelled mm-hmm. in a wooden box I know it's astounding isn't it isn't it but one final point before we depart the Ninth Doctor it's only recently came out at um is it the BFI screenings that yes. they've been doing that in fact Eccleston was always only doing the role for a year 
Right. He was only ever doing one series of Doctor Who. Tennant had been chosen to be his replacement before Rose had even aired. Because oh, I, I, you know, it's always been. But thought. that's another it's thing. That's another thing, though, that they they have kept under wraps. And that you, you think just don't know. That was in two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. So that's what some eight years later that we found. Because you out. didn't know, you didn't know when this first series of Eccleston um, was happening. You didn't know that he was leaving until I think it was very, very close to the double header season finale. Uh-huh. Because I think maybe because it was such a new show, they wanted to really keep it under wraps and go. We don't want people to get. You know, yeah. disjointed from this, knowing that the we guy don't that's people back into the it. ship whenever yeah. you know the ship's all fine. And we don't dandy. want people who have come back to the show and are enjoying it to lose faith and want just go. Why? Well, why should I watch now? Because you're taking my guy away after one series. But I do find it really weird that it has only just come out. That it is a fact that he was only going to be there for one year, and Tennant was waiting in the wings the whole time, waiting that entire season, knowing, yeah. That's you know that's going to be my job at the end of it, but it's just one of those little things that you see, like Chris says, that have been kept under wraps and come out. But that uh, going to do us for ninth Doctor. Yep, that's going to do us for the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Um, as always, I have been Alan Price. He has been Chris Fint, and uh, make sure to join mm-hmm. us for I think maybe will be a slightly longer episode than that uh, you've been uh, used to with these. Uh, specific you know bite-sized episodes so to say of the show um when uh, we talk about a certain mr david mcdonald new teeth that's weird what was the same oh yes barcelona yes david Tennant, everybody next episode mm-hmm.